Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. And good afternoon, Trinan Tobago. It is a six and a half, actually, closer to seven minutes after 12. We welcome you to a special program, Diabetes and You. Uh, base should be here soon. And we welcome, of course, as usual, President of the Diabetes Association of Trinidad and Tobago, Andrew Danu, and also special guest, Dr. Sana Mohammed, internist and pulmonologist. Good afternoon. Welcome. Hi, Govin. Good afternoon. And thanks so much for, for facilitating um, until base is here. Uh, good afternoon again to our listeners. Um, and, and I'm happy again to, pr- to present another edition of Diabetes and You. Um, as, as you did introduce, we do have a, a very special guest, Dr. Sana Mohammed, but we'll get to, to, to her in a little bit. I just want to first, of course, talk about what's going on in the association. And um, I mean, everyone everyone will know about, about the activities that we have been having at the association for the last few months. Um, we've wrapped up our Diabetes School Quiz, but now we are um, about to close registration uh, for the sixth form internship program. Um, so as you know, we, we have this sixth form internship program. This is the second year that we are doing it. Um, we're going to be selecting 36 formers from lower six and upper six to work with us over the course of <clears throat> six or seven weeks for the holidays. And they're going to be getting once in a lifetime opportunities at the association and of course at and with our partners including Tactile and Medical Associates, who are sponsoring this edition of Diabetes and You as well. Um, so if you are a sixth former or are you, you do have a sixth former, or you know a sixth former and they are interested in getting into the medical field or getting into NGO work, then direct them to our Facebook or Instagram page of the Diabetes Association and let them sign up. The deadline is July 7th to sign up. Also remind all listeners that we are and do have our nutritional counseling with our nutritionists and registered dietitians at the Diabetes Association. Um, this counseling takes place both in our Shagonas and Arima branches. Um, we have basic nutritional counseling for persons with diabetes, but we also have counseling specific to persons who may have renal or kidney disease. And we've also introduced a new service for persons who have PCOS, PCOS. Um, and, and, and of course, this is nutritional counseling to assist in management of these diseases. Uh, we also have our diabetic eye screening program, which is free for anyone living with diabetes. Again, you must have your eyes screened at least once a year. And this is a diabetic eye screening. It's a, it's a dilated exam or fundus exam where we check the back of the eyes and we check around the eyes, check to see what's going on. Um, the next uh screening is going to take place in arima and then in july we have kuva we have Debe, shagonas dego martin uh we'll be coming to an area near you so give us a call at 607-3288 that's the diabetes association's phone number give us a call and you can sign up for for for, for that free diabetic eye screening um so Let's get into the program, and today our topic is diabetes, smoking, and respiratory diseases. But again, I'm going to focus a lot on smoking and vaping, and we, we have a very special guest who's, of course, an expert in the area. And the reason that I wanted to focus on this topic is because, of course, this this month we, we recognize World No Tobacco Day. And I, I've been noticing um, 
we, we really do have a, a a really big problem with smoking and more 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 now vaping in Trinidad and Tobago. I know um uh Dr. Lebla at the Cancer Society have, have been championing this championing this cause, but also we want to make sure that people with diabetes know how dangerous it is for for you to smoke or even vape if you are living with diabetes. So we have Dr. Sana Mohammed, and she's a graduate of the University of West Indies in Augustine. Um, she then obtained membership for, of the Royal College of Physicians of the United Kingdom in 2015. Following this, she pursued her Royal College of Physicians Edinburgh, Edinburgh Respiratory Medicine Fellowship in the United Kingdom, during which she won the prestigious British Thoracic, Thoracic Society Clinical Grand Rounds prior to returning to Trinidad and Tobago in, in sorry, 2018. She is an internal medicine specialist and a pulmonologist and practices publicly as a consultant at the Ericulian Medical Sciences Complex as well as privately. She's a member of the executive of the Thoracic Society of Trinidad and Tobago and Dr. Mohammed is passionate about several key aspects of respiratory medicine including asthma and lung health. Um, of course, she's very passionate about patient education as well and she has, both her and her husband have been working together with us at the Diabetes Association and I also want to say she's a mom of a very handsome young 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 boy and um, very a newborn so I want to thank her for taking this time I know it's very difficult now having a newborn thank her uh, for taking the time to join us so Dr. Mohammed, thanks so much for joining us thanks so much Andrew um, I'm honored to be here on today's program um, and thanks for having me so so Dr. Mohammed, we we want to get right into into the program and as i said before i've been seeing and noticing so many people um more so now vaping and, and in and, and i've been hearing these ads and i mean everyone has been hearing these ads um that you know to to, to, to vape in 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 um well vaping are, are used as, as a succession tool meaning that they, the people who are smoking um, transition to vaping instead. Now we're going to get to that, but but before we reach there, I just want to talk a little bit about some of the respiratory diseases, some of the diseases that individuals with diabetes may be at higher risk for. So let's just get into that for a little bit, and then we'll get into some more of it. So so tell our audience what are some of these diseases that people with diabetes can get. So I mean, I think the COVID nineteen pandemic no doubt brought respiratory diseases at the forefront of our focus and it reiterated the importance of lung health. Um, there are several conditions that patients with diabetes are increased at and these include chronic diseases that we may have all heard about, things like asthma and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is smoking related. Um, and what is important to note is that these diseases such as asthma asthma and COPD may require long-term and or recurrent courses of steroid treatment, um, particularly when the patient is in an exacerbation, so when they have a flare-up of their asthma symptoms. And these oral steroids can also exacerbate the hyperglycemia in diabetes. So, you know, it, it's not only that the diabetes predisposes them to it, but then the disease itself predisposes to further hypoglycemia because of the treatments, right? Mm -hmm. Patients with diabetes, they're also at increased risk of respiratory infections. And we know that in general, patients with type 2 diabetes are at greater risk of infections than persons without diabetes. But what is most important for us to recognize is that patients with diabetes 
they can also have worse outcomes when they get respiratory tract infections. So lung infections, whether these be viral infections, including flu, um, the common cold or COVID-19, or bacterial infections causing pneumonia, all of that can cause, again, an increase in blood glucose levels or hyperglycemia in diabetic patients. Um, Diabetes and obesity may also be associated with obstructive sleep apnea, OSA, condition that causes your breathing to be interrupted during sleep. The risk is higher for obstructive sleep apnea in those with uncontrolled diabetes, that is, those who have higher blood glucose levels, you know, higher HbA1c's, their risk is higher for obstructive sleep apnea. Obstructive sleep apnea itself also increases the risk of high blood pressure, the risk of heart attacks, and the risk of strokes. In other words, it increases the cardiovascular risk. And obstructive sleep apnea in itself also increases the risk of insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. So they're very closely associated. Mm-hmm. And, and and so so we do know that, of course, and we've been hearing so much about, and we have heard so much about COVID and, 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 and its effect on people with diabetes. And I know just just this morning, I, I know even with the, the press conference that, that, that just completed with the Prime Minister and the Minister um, releasing a, a statement this morning also saying that um, most persons who were affected by COVID um, and did have poor outcomes were people living with diabetes. So we so we know that as a fact. Um, uh, and, and then, of course, you're, you're introducing sleep apnea, which is something that we, we, we at the association have been working on and will be working on a project very soon. But um, we, we know that, I mean, persons with diabetes, of course, are already susceptible to these conditions. So we want to get back a little bit, well, in, in a little bit, because we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about what could exacerbate this problem. We're going to talk about smoking and we're going to talk about vaping. Um, and as Dr. Mohammed said the stage and, and, and told us about what can happen with you living with diabetes, let's, let, let's talk about what, what's going to happen to you if it is that you're you're smoking or you're vaping. So let's take a break and we're going to come back in a few uh, to continue with Dr. Mohammed. Talk, talk, talk. streaming at freedom1065.com. 20 minutes now after 12, you're listening to Diabetes and You. Of course, our numbers are 6273-223-625-2257. And for WhatsApp messages, 3061065. We return now to Andrew Danu and his guests. Thanks, Bass. Um, and and we, we, we do have uh, Dr. Sana Mohammed, and we've been chatting about uh, diabetes and, and, and respiratory diseases. And, and before the break, we, we, we set the stage and talked about some of the some of the, the issues people with diabetes may have um, in terms of, of course, their respiratory system and these respiratory diseases. But let's get into the topic that I think that a lot of people want to hear about, which is smoking. And I do know, and I'm sure we do have a lot of listeners who do smoke. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what are the impacts of smoking on your respiratory health, if especially if you're living with diabetes, Dr. Mohammed. Okay, sure. So um, the impact of uh, smoking. So are we are are we referring to traditional smoking or e-cigarettes or vaping, or we want to talk so, about both? So let's talk about both because I mean we, we know that we know that e-cigarettes now have been become more popular, but smoking yeah. smoking regular cigarettes are still 
very very popular among patients of course so in terms of um smoking we know that smoking has numerous adverse effects on respiratory health and i think we could kind of lump um persons living with diabetes and without diabetes together um for the purposes of this discussion so smoking can increase your risk of lung cancer it can certainly increase your risk of um, chronic lung conditions, things like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Smoking increases risk for other forms of cancers as well. It can increase your cardiovascular risk, that is risk of heart attacks, and that's particularly important in persons living with diabetes because diabetes in itself can increase your cardiovascular risk. Smoking can mm -hmm. increase your cerebrovascular risk so it can increase your risk of having strokes again particularly important in patients with diabetes so in general smoking you know increases uh, uh, your risk for several conditions not only respiratory disease vaping and e-cigarettes um i guess they're newer and they first hit the market around 20 years ago but since then the use has risen quite rapidly but um, th this, this just means that vaping is becoming a, a growing health concern. And what is important is that we don't really know the long-term health effects and consequences of vaping, all right? So that we know that it, it has fewer toxic chemicals than traditional cigarettes, but it is definitely not safe still. Diabetic mm -hmm. patients who vape, they are at increased risk of nicotine dependence. Um, and that's because vaping products contain very large amounts of nicotine they actually um, contain more nicotine than traditional cigarettes so people may develop dependence very quickly and it might actually increase your chances of smoking traditional cigarettes nicotine in itself can also raise your blood pressure spike your adrenaline which can increase your heart rate and again increase your cardiovascular risk or your chance of having a heart heart attack in in 2020, about three years ago, I don't know if you guys remember, um, the CDC had reported e-cigarette or vaping use associated lung injury. So there were a whole string of cases that were associated with vaping. And actually, there were more than 2,800 confirmed cases of lung injury due to vaping and 68 deaths which were attributed to vaping. So vaping is certainly not yeah. safe. Yeah. And we know that there's emerging data that suggests links between vaping and chronic lung disease such as asthma and COPD as we discussed mm -hmm. um, as well as associations between dual use of smoking and vaping to cardiovascular disease so there are some persons you would find that even though they use vaping they also use traditional cigarettes um, and that's a that's a, a worry as well so what is really the take-home message about vaping is that it exposes you to all sorts of chemicals that we don't yet fully understand and you know they're probably not safe mm -hmm. and so 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 dr mohammed we we know that of course it, it i would say smoking is not safe at all and, and and persons living with diabetes should definitely not smoke um no one should really smoke at all and and then of course i know that we, we did have a conversation in the in the recent passed with um, a rep from PAHU uh, for NCDs and, and she was very adamant about this and, and we know that the best time to stop smoking is now. If you are smoking, the best time to stop is now. And, and, and I mean, um, we, we know that many people who are smoking, um, they, they really do want to quit. A lot of them want to quit, but there's that addictive factor that you spoke about, well, addiction to that nicotine. Um, but I want to get into a little bit about 
well more more specifically for persons with diabetes um if it is that you know persons are smoking or persons are um or are vaping um if they start or, or rather what symptoms they, they, they might look out for to say okay they really need to go see a doctor if something is happening to them what what, what are some of these signs or warning signs in individuals um that person well individuals should be aware of uh well concerning these respiratory diseases concerning smoking or if they, they do smoke okay so in general um respiratory warning signs in diabetic patients um that that should prompt you know review by their primary care physician or specialist physician um especially in smokers should be things like persistent cough because that may indicate um lung damage due to perhaps chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or worse, things like lung cancers, which smoking does predispose to um, coughing up of blood, which may indicate, you know, underlying either infection or more serious things like cancers. Shortness of breath, which might indicate, again, damage to the lung, um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or things like chest pain, um, which might suggest increased cardiovascular risk, which smokers and diabetics have. These all these symptoms may indicate more serious lung problems and they definitely require further evaluation. So I would encourage not only diabetics, but non-diabetics to always pay attention to these symptoms. You know, sometimes in Trinidad, we have patients experiencing symptoms for a very, very long time. And, you know, they just think it will go away. But actually yeah. symptoms like persistent cough, chronic coughs, you know, that's not getting better, coughing up of blood, shortness of breath and chest pains. These are very serious symptoms and they should always prompt presentation to primary care physicians, whether that be in the public service or the private service. Um, also, particularly in patients with diabetes who have symptoms of an infection, for example, you know, coughing up yellow um, mucus or fevers, very high or very blood, low blood glucose levels are warning signs in these patients. So remember, infections in diabetics can um, cause not only high blood glucose levels that persons are very aware of, but very low blood glucose levels as well. And these are warning signs and these patients should definitely seek medical attention very urgently. Yeah. And and, and so so we, we, we know that... Um, for those these persons who have been um, are smoking for some time, uh, they may be, and as you said, you know, a lot of times the Trinidad and Tobago, you may have people um, uh, seeing these warning signs, uh, coughing for a while, and, and, and thinking it might be might be getting better, and it really isn't. Uh, how would you describe the cough, Doctor Muhammad? Because I, I know people in Trinidad may be describing and, and, and not sure if it's a, a dry cough or a cough, and you did say coughing of mucus. Um, is that a sign that you know you should really go and and, and how how frequent would you describe as it is frequent? Is it something that you would say you know, coughing every hour or coughing? How, how frequent is frequent? Well, that that's a really difficult question um, because <laughs> I I don't think that there's any particular cough that you would say you know this type of cough needs evaluation and not this one. I think in general. Any non-resolving cough, meaning you're coughing for, let's say your cough isn't going more than a week, you're still coughing, you should seek medical attention. Coughing mm -hmm. that is um, 
productive, meaning yellow mucus, brown mucus, or even worse, bloodstained mucus, you should definitely, you know, seek medical attention. Um, some dry coughs as well, you know, that are prolonged. You should, coughing is not normal. And, and you know, in Trinidad, we just think, okay, well, I have this cough. It's been going on for a while. It's just there. This is just me. But a cough is a symptom that you know, there's something underlying causing it, whether that be something less serious or more serious, it's really important to get the um, evaluation of a experienced medical physician. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and thanks, really. For, thanks for that, because I know that um, for many persons, and I mean, not just for, for these symptoms, but any symptom, really, um, some persons tend to, to try to nurse it at home or try to think that it's going to get better. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. We're going to take another break and we're going to come back and, and chat with you some more, Dr. Mohammed. And of course, for listeners out there, if you do have a question for Dr. Mohammed um, about uh, respiratory diseases, about smoking, about a cough that you may have, um, give us a call and or, or send us a text message, a WhatsApp message, and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to address that. So, base, let's take that break and let's get back. All right, folks, we actually had a call in there, but remember, caller, when we come back, we'll take your calls at 627 3223 six two five two two five seven and whatsapp of course three zero six one zero six five is streaming at freedom 106.5.com back to the show diabetes and you dr andrew and his very special guest and we have a couple of questions in there sure sure hi base and um well i'm not i'm not doctors yet though. i'm hoping very soon oh, sorry but, yeah keep calling after yeah. yeah very soon very soon very soon all right, so the questions. And, and we do have. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do have a caller. Yeah, well, we have a, yeah, we have a question from WhatsApp here. Hi, my oh. sister is 50 years old and she has a cough for over two months now. She does not smoke. She tries different kinds of medicine, but nothing helps. Sometimes she spits out slime. Oh, can you help? Dr. Mohamed? Okay, so um, so this would fall into that category of chronic or non-resolving cough. I think um, your sister should present to a physician, whether that be a primary care physician initially or a pulmonologist, um, or a, which is a lung specialist, for, for review and for expertise. The reason being is that chronic coughs may be um, due to underlying lung condition, whether or not the person is a smoker, so conditions like asthma can present with a non-resolving cough. Um, other causes of a non-resolving cough could be things like acid reflux, as simple as acid reflux that can cause chronic coughs. Um, things like untreated sinusitis that can also cause um, chronic coughs. But coughs can also represent more serious conditions like scarring of the lungs or interstitial lung disease. It can represent um, th things like more 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 severe conditions like lung cancers so whether or not someone is a smoker they still should seek medical attention for coughs lasting um such a long period like two months so i definitely recommend that she seeks medical attention to start the investigation of of why this cough isn't resolving th th thanks for that response dr mohammed and, and base tell us if we are having a uh, any more messages or if we do have any callers. Yeah, I do have another um, question. Of course, I do have another question. Sure. Yeah. What is the best way to stop smoking? Uh, does the patch really work? So I think um, 
smoking cessation is a is a good question um and i think the best way is a holistic approach i don't think it's 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 one um isolated measures such as the patch um and i think that we will start with education such as today's program um is key in encouraging both diabetics and non-diabetics to quit traditional smoking and vaping so stopping smoking is one of the best things that somebody could do for their health really um some tips to stop smoking so as i said it'll be a, a holistic approach it wouldn't just be the patch right so it's important to list your reasons to quit tell people especially your closest people around you that you are going to quit use smoking aids um, such as the patch which are essentially nicotine replacements so these help to decrease your cravings and have a plan if you are tempted to smoke so for example if you are tempted to smoke do you call a friend do you go to exercise do you go outdoors and take a walk have a plan so something is a distraction from when you feel that you're going to start back smoking you should also list the smoking triggers and how to avoid them. For example, you know, going to lie with your friends on a Friday, if that encourages you to smoke and you are trying to quit, then you might need to avoid that for a bit. You have to keep your cravings at bay and, and it really helps to keep busy. Um, exercise helps keep away the urge. You can join support groups on social media, you know, Instagram or Facebook. Those would have smoking cessation support groups and those will really help because you get to talk to people with similar experiences. But what's really important is to seek professional help. And locally, smoking cessation clinics are available through some of the health centers, such as the Arima Health Center, Shigona's Health Center, Komoto Health Center, Point Fourteen, Separia, Kuva, and Indian Walk. These all have smoking cessation clinics, and professional help is will really be the way forward. Privately, some GPs will be trained and will be experts in smoking cessation, um, and those will be available as well. So the important thing about stopping smoking is not just one isolated, you know, measure. It should be a really a holistic approach. And, uh, Dr. Mohamed, I'm glad that you did mention those smoking cessation clinics because a lot of persons um, don't know that there, are, there is such a clinic like that in, in, in public health system. Um, and I just want you to, to, if you can, call out those clinics again, the location of those clinics again for persons who may have missed it. Um, and I think if, I believe those are working and, and you could go on and go to the health center, um, register for the time that the clinics are, are, are at. Um, and of course, enroll yourself there, and, and they would assist you. So, at the moment, can you can you call out those um, locations again for our listeners of those? Yeah, yeah, sure. So they're so important. So, smoking cessation clinics are available at Arima Health Center, Shagornes District Health Facility, Komoto Health Center, Point Fourteen, Separia, Kuva, and Indian Walk, as far as I'm aware. Um, mm -hmm. So, those would be health centers available to the public. Um, and patients should be able to, you know, go to the health center, inquire the time for the smoking cessation clinics and find out whether or not they can self-refer or whether or not they need to be referred by a physician. So smoking cessation is really important. And, you know, we really should focus on um, a holistic approach, including those clinics. Yeah. And and, and I'm glad that you did, you did speak about that. And um, I mean... I, I wasn't too sure that they, 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 how popular those clinics were because, of course, we know, for example, in Trinidad, we have Alcoholics Anonymous. And I know that that, that, that program really does work um, in, 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 in getting persons sober. So I know that 
a clinic like this, a support group like this would be able to assist persons in, in quitting smoking. I want to hear about, uh, well, I want to hear your opinion on this stuff at the moment because we've been hearing a lot about using vaping for smoking cessation. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's something that um, is worthwhile? Do you think, what are your thoughts on that, using vaping for smoking cessation? So I think um, this is a really good question. Every time you switch on the radio, you hear, you know, vaping ads that say that vaping, you know, can be used as a tool for smoking cessation. Um, and vaping is becoming quite popular and it's really a problem, especially amongst young persons or, um, you know, adolescent persons. So in terms of the evidence behind it, well, research is very uncertain on whether or not e-cigarettes um, can can increase smoking cessation and um, some research does suggest that e-cigarettes containing nicotine is associated with smoking cessation um, but as I said it is very controversial. What is really important for us to know is that e-cigarettes are not approved by the FDA as a smoking aid. Mm. So definitely more research would be needed on whether or not these are effective um, mm -hmm. for quitting smoking and to better understand the long-term health effects of e-cigarettes. So as I said, they're only on the market for about 20 years. So mm -hmm. if we were to use these in young individuals and let's say 20 years down the road, they develop other um, conditions directly due to these e-cigarettes, then, you know, that would be very important. So they're not approved as smoking cessation tools. Mm -hmm. And that's the first point to make very clear. E-cigarettes, mm -hmm. you know, they're not safe in young adults. They're not safe in pregnant women. Um, they're not safe in those who currently use tobacco products. So there, there are a lot of, um, as we spoke about, consequences of using e-cigarettes. And, you know, about three years ago, there were a whole host of lung injuries due to vaping. So in order for adult smokers to achieve um, any benefits from e-cigarettes to quit smoking, um, they have to really understand the health effects associated with e-cigarettes. So before anybody switches from traditional smoking of cigarettes to vaping or e-cigarettes, I think they should really understand or be properly educated on the effects of e-cigarettes. And part of the effects is that the long-term health effects are not well understood. Yeah. So uh. um, I think that persons who want to stop smoking I think speaking to a healthcare professional is most important because often, you know, you hear friends saying, oh, well, I've, sw I've swapped a vape to stop smoking or, you know, you, you, you just pick up what your colleagues or your friends do, but that might not be the best practice. And I, I if, if you're asking for my personal expertise, I do not feel that e-cigarettes are um, a, a valuable tool in smoking cessation. I think all the things that we spoke about um, should come mm -hmm. first before any consideration of e-cigarettes. And I certainly would not advocate e-cigarettes as a tool for smoking cessation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I would also say that for many persons who are um, using e-cigarettes, it may be persons who may, may, may have never smoked before, uh, particularly very young persons. And I mean, it's been a it, it it has been for the last few years uh in fashion to to to, to have a e-cig and, and and smoking um but with these big puffs of smoke um following you 
so we know that it, it is an issue not just for persons with diabetes but also persons with, with a, a young a young population and we've seen um evidence so far of, of the injuries that are caused and of course we know that um there may be more down the road that we don't know about in, in that, that that could happen to someone um so so dr mohammed i know that we we've been talking about smoking and we've been talking about vaping um we just have a few minutes left uh but we want to talk about any treatment approaches um for persons who have some of these respiratory diseases specifically if you, so 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 you have a, a this 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 cough and you go to see uh, a specialist like yourself what what are the what are, what, what are the treatment approaches that you are going to take for persons um with injuries that are caused by smoking or vaping so i think um i think for any cough the the first the first uh, intervention by a medical physician should be you know they should take a history and find out about the cough itself the nature of the cough you know what makes it better what makes it worse you should find out from the individual if they have any underlying health um conditions such as diabetes you know whether or not they smoke um and and that's in general for any cough they should really really take a history first um with regards to in the next step the next step would be obviously to examine the patient um paying attention to you know their their lungs and other systemic features that might key you into what's going on whether or not this patient has weight loss which might you know make you want to exclude things like lung cancers whether or not they have a wheeze which might make you think about things like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease um those things would be key after that we're talking about things like investigations which might be blood investigations or chest x-rays and ct scans which are imaging modalities which help to see exactly what's going on in the lungs so in terms of specific treatment approaches which was what the question was i think the treatment for coughs really depend on the cause of the cough and i think that is something that you know a lot of trinidadians they they sometimes want to treat themselves at home for example the the, the question that we had um so yeah. there's no specific treatments for cough the treatment for cough depends on what is the cause of the cough so if the mm-hmm. cough is due to chronic obstructive pulmonary disease which we know is smoking related then the treatment might be things like you know smoking cessation and inhalers whereas if the cough is due to things like lung cancers which smokers are predisposed to then that treatment may be things like surgeries and chemotherapy for example so coughs in general it the, the treatment is really related to the cause yeah yeah and i'm glad that you didn't mention that um dr mohammed uh and we 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 are very close to the end of our program and uh i want you to to leave with our listeners any closing thoughts that you may have um particularly particularly about persons who may be experiencing um some of these symptoms or persons who may um be smoking or persons who especially persons living with diabetes um what advice do you have for them and your closing thoughts Okay so um some closing messages I would think the clearest message that I have for our listeners is that smoking whether that be traditional smoking or e-cigarettes or vaping is harmful in all patients particularly those living with diabetes so I would say smoking cessation is key and education is key in 
in helping this holistic approach to smoking cessation. Um, we spoke about the warning signs that individuals with diabetes and without diabetes should be aware of. And if you experience any of these symptoms, we'll run through them again. Persistent cough, non-resolving cough, coughing up blood, shortness of breath, chest pain. You should present to a primary care physician or any physician, a specialist physician, for example, for evaluation. So I think that the, the message that I want to leave with our listeners is that smoking is harmful in all patients, not just diabetics, but patients living with diabetes might be at increased risk. And thank you very much for that, Dr. Mohammed. And I, I do appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me and our listeners about this topic. Um, and, and especially because, of course, this 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 month we would have marked World of Tobacco Day. Uh, so, Dr. Mohammed, again, I want to thank you on behalf of our listeners and... Um, we are going to take one more break base and when we come back i have some health myths to share with our listeners uh then we're going to wrap up is streaming at freedom106.5.com yeah so we return back to diabetes and you and thank thanks base and again i want to thank dr sana mohammed who joined us uh for the program today and I do want to extend uh, thanks to our sponsors for the program, Medical Associates and Tattle Tattle Life. Um, so we want to end the program today by, by 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 sharing some health myths. And I started it last week and I wanted to continue every week, base, uh, talk a little bit about some of the myths that we've been um, hearing about. Uh, one of these myths, of course, is about burning fat, about losing weight. Um, and I want to ask you, Bees, when you, if, so if, 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 if someone, wants to lose weight and say say a 200 pounds and you lose 10 pounds uh where does that 10 pounds go where do you think it goes base where does the 10 pounds go if you lose weight yeah it's a good question boy. and a lot of people a lot of people t- t- seem to think that it, it, it comes out in your sweat yeah, yeah, yeah um so you know you think that when you sweat you're actually losing the weight but yeah. but sweat doesn't have any fat and i mean the weight we're talking about is fat mm. so sweat doesn't have any fat in it so so where does the weight really go um, so there, although although it's a it's it's a very easy question to understand. Only very recently, in the last um, I, I believe last 15, 20 years, was 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 a, a, a definite answer actually actually put out. Um, and 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 which is if if you really look at the the, the chemistry behind burning fat, and fat is of course um, what we call in in in, in chemistry a, a triglyceride, the fat that you have in your body. When you burn that fat, you get carbon dioxide and you get water. Um, if you take the mass of that or the weight of that carbon dioxide and water, 84% of it is carbon dioxide and 16% is water. So what that means is when you actually burn the fat and you lose those 10 pounds, the majority of those 10 pounds actually come out through your breath. You breathe it out. Your breath? Um, and okay. Yeah, so you actually breathe out... <laughs> The weight that you lose, hmm. um, the water that you, that is created is lost through urine, through sweat, through feces, through through your breath as well. But of of, of course, it's insignificant compared to the to the to the carbon dioxide that you breathe out. So so it's very important again, and I think that tip was very appropriate for today's um, topic of respiratory diseases. Uh, how important it is to breathe, and uh, and I mean when I say breathe, I mean everybody does breathe. But how important it is to to, to, to do m- monitor your breathing when it is that you're exercising. A lot of persons seem to think or tend to think that, you know, 
the more you sweat is the more you'll, you'll burn or the more more fat you'll burn but it's not really the sweat the sweat is just cooling the body down it's really um how fast the the breathing rate um goes up to so so breathing is where you're gonna lose lose that fat so very important tip and i think it's a tip that um persons who like to exercise would um would, would, would appreciate it uh so base i think that's the end of today's show and um next week we're going to have professor Vijayana Rang Singh coming back to wrap up our talk on the, the diabetic foot and we're going to actually talk about the process of an amputation and I want to put it into the minds of persons what goes on or what happens when a foot is actually amputated um, and, and of course as a surgeon he's going to describe that process to us because I really want persons to understand what is going to happen to you if it is that you get to this state and we don't want people to get to this, this state um, I want to remind persons of course uh, if you do want to contact the Diabetes Association, you can reach out to us at 607-3288 or reach out to us on our social media pages, Facebook or Instagram. Just search for the Diabetes Association. Um, our internship program, sixth form internship program, registration ends July 7th. So go on to those pages and register if you are a sixth former and you want to to take part in this program and of course if you do want to access the nutritional counseling services or you want to access HbA1c testing or the free eye eye screening give us a call as well uh base uh, I think that's it so, and yeah, thank man. you so much for 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 facilitating the program this afternoon and I'll see you next week of course same I'm time talking. same place keep up the great work of course you've been listening to diabetes and you folks the question remember during the week with the lunchtime doctor we always get so Many questions on diabetes. Well, this is the program specifically for diabetes right here on Freedom 106.5. Talk, talk, talk. Streaming at freedom106.5.com.